0: RPG lessons learned. When the game is over, when your players are gone, that's when lessons are learned.
1: Hello, Brian. Hey, Dusty. How's it going? That's going well. Thank you for joining me here today. I thank you for being here today. You know? In the podcast studio extraordinaire that we have here. It is good to be here in RFC Studios. Yes, it is. Okay, so today, calling an audible, changing
0: things up. Uh, last episode, we talked about a game that I have some serious regrets about, the Redbox game. And, and some of the pre-game, post-game stuff that surrounded it. I actually want to talk about one of my favorite games I've ever run. So I think it's good to alternate. First episode was about a great game. Second episode was about some regrets. Let's do another great game. Okay. Do you remember the Prison Break game?
1: That actually wasn't that long ago. No, it wasn't. We've been talking about doing a prison break for the longest time. And in the last, uh, last uh, podcast, we were talking about an instance when uh, we wiped but uh we weren't killed we were in prison because you know we were valuable prisoners
0: yes I'm trying to remember exactly how this came about oh i remember so the game that preceded the prison break game was yeah you were taken prisoner by 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 the folks in this town and before the prison break game they actually put you down in, in a dungeon under winterhaven and i did that it was my first ever geomorphic dungeon so a geomorphic dungeon is where you can lay down the sections of dungeon in almost any order, and it still makes sense. So I had these eight by eight sections of dungeon. I actually used the tiles from the Dungeon Command series, and I, I had index cards that went with each tile to tell me which monsters were there. And the idea was that once you got into the tunnels underneath the city, that I would or caverns that I would lay down these tiles, and you would have these encounters in this different order that you would randomly choose. Um, And that was a fun game. We'll talk about that game later. But you guys wiped on that game. Yeah. So.
1: I don't remember why or how, but we wiped.
0: Drow. You were fighting Drow, and I played the Drow rather mercilessly. Yeah. And they wiped you pretty handily. So, in wiping, that's when I said, okay, it's time for a prison break game. So, this was all fifth edition, by the way. It wasn't that long ago. Um, I was still new to DMing. 5th edition, and I decided to do something I had never done before, which was play Theater of the Mind.
1: Which is basically the way that we have played almost exclusively since then. Only recently have we gone back to minis.
0: Yeah, my first Theater of the Mind experience was phenomenal, and and that was this game. And I had been listening to several excellent podcasts, and I'll do some name dropping because I I learned a lot from them, and and, and they, they owe... Or they 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 are owed that mention. Uh, the Happy Jacks podcast talked about you know giving your players problems and not solutions, and I thought you know what I'm going to do that. So I came up with a scenario where you guys were in a cavern. Um, this drow wizard had had merged stalagmites and stalactites into these stonework prison bars, and I had you guys work out how to be freed. I'd, I'd also backed this Kickstarter. By necromancer games and i had this book called fifth edition foes which featured some fun uh, mechanical enemies and I, and I wanted to have you fight these mechanical enemies so the drow dropped you off with these mechanical constructs that were in the underdark and you guys had to escape from those things um inside this this cavern with bars of stalagmites and stalactites
1: yeah um Hopefully I'm not getting too far ahead, but I remember it took forever, forever, at least 30 minutes of just experimentation and figuring out how to get through those stalactites and stalagmites. It did.
0: Yeah, and, and I think you finally went up on a social solution. You, you got the guards to come yes. in and check on you, and you disabled the guards, and you were able to get out through the opening the Guards had made.
1: Yeah, we tried to actually physically disrupt them, break them, do whatever, and just nothing worked.
0: Yeah, and it might sound to the audience like like, and you know what? Maybe I should ask you, Brian. Did that thirty minutes feel like you guys were stalled and it was annoying, or no. did you find it fun? It was fun. Yeah, it
1: was definitely fun. I
0: thought it was fun too. And the reason it was fun is it wasn't just thirty minutes of, of nothing. It wasn't thirty minutes of us staring at each other, you know, trying checks that didn't work. It was thirty minutes of ooh, can I try this? Yes, and I'm like, absolutely, you can try that. Give me this roll. And they were all reasonable rolls with reasonable DCs. And I was actually running basically skill challenges in 5th edition. you, you got to get the string of rolls right. And if a string of rolls would go go awry, and, and they did, you'd have to do some rolls to recover it. So you guys were trying to break some bars and some guards noticed. And, okay, we'll, we'll roll to make the guard go away. And, and it's quite a bit of that. And Mike, you, Chris, um, I think Jason. Was J, did Jason play that game?
1: I don't think so. There was okay. no grappling.
0: Got it. Yeah. No, uh, you're right. The, the geomorphic dungeon was Jason's last game with us. Um, we'll, we'll get into that lesson learned in another episode. But um, you guys tried a lot of different stuff and finally hit on a solution. And I remember you guys were trying stuff and it didn't work, but, oh, you recovered. And it was really high drama. Emotions yeah. were moving back and forth. And then finally you get out into the tunnel and you guys were elated.
1: Yes, and we, I, if I remember right, we were just we were trying to figure out. Okay, we're out. What do we do now? Yeah, uh, you mentioned uh, a lot of um, skills. So, so, I think this was the first game when I actually remember doing like a group stealth check.
0: Yeah, it was. That was a new fifth edition mechanic. Um, well, I can't remember in fourth. It, if it wasn't new, then fourth edition handled it poorly. Yeah, but in fifth edition yeah the group stealth check thing made a lot more sense. You weren't guaranteed to fail if you had one clumsy guy on plate,
1: yeah, kind of like real life
0: yeah <laughs> so yeah you you guys did, did a lot of group stealth checking, making your way across this big open cavern, trying to not be noticed by these mechanical monsters that I loved. um
1: we found our way into a medical bay if I yeah remember.
0: an infirmary one of you had been one of you had bluffed your way into the infirmary, probably chris um i can't I think it was Mike actually. But anyway, one of you had actually been taken to an infirmary, oh, and the rest he, of you yeah, got that, out. Yeah, 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 I remember yeah, that. And you met up in the middle, so you guys definitely split the party and still had a great time. Yeah, that was
1: great. But
0: here's this game, and, and let me do kind of step back and do the setup. Where I, I set it up, I set up you know the bars, I set up the mechanical monsters, I set up what what they saw beyond the cave. Every time they asked questions, I answered the questions. In some cases, I didn't have the answers prepared. In, in some, I, I knew the monsters. I had bookmarked the monsters. I knew the situation. I had generally sketched the cavern that they were in. I I didn't share that sketch with them until they asked. But I generally knew what I was going for. But when specific questions were asked, I made it up. And I tried to make it really transparent. I tried to make it as if, oh, yeah, I know the answer to that. Here's the answer to that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to, though, think on your feet a lot. So I think that's a skill that you have honed since you've been DMing.
0: So did you pick up on the fact that I was totes making it up? No. Okay, good. So all that set up, all all that back and forth, all that by play, this is one of the first sessions where we had a ton of really critical thinking, role play type stuff. And I remember, I I do remember this, Brian, to get things going and to get you guys really into the game is I, I made this metagame statement and I said, hey, I don't have a solution in mind. There's no one solution. Here's the situation. However, you solve it is cool with me. And that, and, and I said that very early on. Like, I think, I think even before, maybe you guys flattered, flick a minute, and I broke in with that to say, hey, there's not one solution that you're looking for. And once I did that, boom, you guys were freed up and you were off and running.
1: So, when something is pre written and you have a certain set of parameters to work through, when you don't have a set of expectations as to how someone gets through something it really almost becomes or could become the players versus the dm oftentimes it's the player and the dm you know cooperating in the story but some dms may try to attack this as oh well this is this is me and this is how i'm going to stop them from succeeding which there's a part of that anyway because, I mean, that, that's the role of the DM is to uh, create the uh, characters that you battle. But I can really see, for lack of a better term, um, dick measuring uh, that some other uh, less fun DMs might get involved with <laughs> in this type, of, uh, this type of scenario.
0: No, you're, you're right. I, I do think it's a fine line. And let me talk about that for a minute. So you're right. If, if the DM is straight up like, ooh, that's clever. I didn't think of that. But I can't have the players know they're cleverer than me, so let me make this thing up about why it doesn't work. When I see that, it makes me cringe. Yeah. Having said that, I think there are DMs who, who are really students of mythology and students of drama, and, and they want to throw three obstacles at you. And if you bypass an obstacle, they're going to deus ex machina another one in there to yeah. create that drama. And I think that can be okay. So sometimes when I see a DM throwing obstacles at players, if I sense that it's, it's, hey, they're they're trying to really enact the rule of three and, and make the situation a little more tense and introduce some drama, then fair enough. But if it's the straight-up dick measuring, to your point, the straight-up, oh, I didn't think of that, and I can't let them know that I didn't think of that, I must be smarter than them, oh, cringe.
1: Like, I, I, I would think it would even be hard not to at least just get caught up in the competition of it. Yeah. I would have I would have difficulty with that.
0: Yeah, so you, you you've got to enjoy losing to be a DM. You you have to you have to enjoy creating these characters, creating situations and knowing that your players you, you, and know that your players are, are in all likelihood going to beat it. So, so yeah.
1: I I I could have I could Talk about how that compares to professional wrestling, but I'm probably not going to <laughs> I bet there are a lot of professional wrestling comparisons we can make. And, and guarantee it. Just to be clear to
0: the audience, I'm not being ironic. I actually I actually I'm not anymore, but I was a big fan of, of professional wrestling and I think there's a lot of drama and a lot of storytelling in that art form. And it and it's a very well, when it's done well, it's an improv story.
1: You're exactly right.
0: with, with a known ending, but it's an improv story when it's done well.
1: Yeah. Exactly right.
0: So, same thing here. Uh, only you take away the known ending. Like, like none of it's known.
1: Well, but they're still winners and they're losers. Yep. So, And, and the goal is for, for everyone to come out, even the DM, a better player at the end. Agree. Yeah.
0: So, in this game, Mike pretends to be sick. He's taken by the guards to the infirmary. Um, you guys manage to trick another guard to come in, and, and you disable him, and you guys get out into the main cavern. And you're, you're sneaking your way across do you remember the 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 only combat encounter that you guys
1: had that whole adventure not really because it, like you said it was the only one
0: yes so on your way out escaping from this situation. oh
1: yeah 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 didn't we we actually we engaged but didn't we disengage
0: you engaged but i, I gave you a very limited number of rounds before that thing called for help and you you, you skin of your teeth Honest to God, no fudging, no fudged ice rolls, no fudged hit points. You managed to take that thing out. And ah. it was it was drama because for the first time I was playing up that that whole 5-y thing of, of damage resistance. Because these things were, me- were mechanical, they were resistant to piercing, they were resistant to slashing, uh, which means it took half damage from those things. So these weren't very powerful monsters, but I was using those mechanics in 5th edition to make the fight a little more dramatic, hey, your sword's not doing an awful lot of damage to this mechanical thing that you're fighting.
1: Yeah, uh, and I guess to add to the drama, again, to your point, that was when we were actually escaping.
0: Yes, you, you were practically out, and the entire cavern of constructs could have come down on yes. your heads, and I would have let it happen. It was tense. Yeah. And, and that tension, that tension, the, the whole session was tense. It was tense when the guards came in, Um and and we're threatening you for 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 you know attacking the bars. It was tense when Mike bluffed his way to the infirmary. It was tense when he snuck his way out and, and almost you know had a few rough encounters in the hallways of, of, of the infirmary section of the caverns. It was tense when you guys met back up because I think you almost attacked each other. Yeah, and yeah. that was great. Um, it was great on your on you guys' part because you refused to metagame. You refused to let the fact that you knew from sitting in the room that Mike was on his way and that you guys were on your way. When you met up, uh, I, I, one of you, I think it was Mike actually said, Hey, I, I'm going to make a saving throw to see if I attack. Uh, what, what would I have to do? And on the fly, I was like, "Oh, that's a wisdom saving throw. Yeah. Um, as if I, as if I knew that for sure. Uh, and I had to make a wisdom and, and, and he made it. So he didn't attack, but I loved that, that, You know, hey, not only am I not going to metagame, I'm going to ask for a saving throw to see if we have this moment where we happen across each other and and we, we mistakenly attack one another.
1: Did we record this one? We didn't. Oh, man. Yeah. That's unfortunate.
0: Yeah, that was a great game. And I know you didn't like it as much, but we had another good game immediately after that. We played a 5e Avengers game which was my second theater game. I enjoyed of the that. Mind game. You did? Yeah, I did enjoy that. I didn't think you... We didn't record either of those, and I regret it so much. Those were great sessions. I would have loved to have listened to those back.
1: No, I, I actually... I, I thought that was a very fun game. Yep. So,
0: big lesson learned for me was that, you know, as a DM, you can be descriptive. You don't need a map. You don't need minis or tiles or pawns. You don't need any of that. And I had just come off of 4th Edition... Where I bought so many tiles, yeah. I backed Reaper minis. I did all that stuff, and I still have all that stuff. And and I thought you needed stuff to play, and then to play Fifth Edition with a couple of books. You know, this one monster book that I kickstarted for fun that had some interesting mechanics in it um, was very freeing. I I felt so free. In that game.
1: Yeah, it it is very liberating. And to uh, something that we mentioned in the first episode, uh, it's possible to play these RPGs without another person in the room. So a game like this specifically, the Theater of the Mind format, uh, lends itself very well to playing over Skype or over uh, Google Hangouts.
0: Yeah, and I I would actually extend another lesson learned here, which is it doesn't have to cost a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we used um, player uh, player characters or or, or classes and races out of the player's handbook for 5th edition, but we didn't have to. The basic rules are online for free. The system reference document is online for free. I think that was a great move by Wizards. You can absolutely play the basic four races and basic four classes all the way to level 20 without paying Wizards a dime. And it's totally legal and legit because Wizards puts it out there.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's phenomenal. I, I love that. I wish, um, I wish, man, I wish like I was going to say ten years ago, but it's been it's been almost ten years that we've been playing. I wish I had uh, known uh, that D and D was so fun fifteen years ago, and that something like that was available for free. I would have still, I would have bought it because you know I had a really bad like comic book habit that I probably could have afforded to um, dip into and to, to pay for the 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 rpg stuff but the fact that it's free now is pretty amazing yeah
0: and and don't get me wrong i love my stuff right i love my books i've got got literally a shelf an entire bookshelf full of 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 rpg books um but painting minis i'm just i'm never going to do that i have a bunch of pathfinder pawns that i actually am using right now in a pathfinder game and, and that's been great fun but challenging myself to use what i have or to use free stuff um, is is a great challenge. When you limit yourself, that's when you get really creative.
1: So prior to 5e, w- were there any systems that were available online for free? Open source stuff?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I- I'm going to be terrible at naming all these. But yeah, uh, the BFRPG, basic yeah. fantasy role-playing, that was free prior to 5e. How long has that been around? Oh, man, I think since 2006. Okay. I didn't discover it in 2006, so that- that's-, that's-, that's roughly from memory. I discovered it. Um in the midst of fourth edition, I yeah. discovered bFrpg and and I, I love that system. Um, there were several... I mean gore. I remember Martin showed me gore generic old school role-playing huh. engine, which was a take on a d one hundred system. Uh, that was online for free the, yeah there there are a bunch there were a bunch of free systems um but I was stuck in that name brand d d which which honestly I still love yeah, um I
1: honestly I mean, D and D is almost generic, at least when it comes to the the world, the greater world, as to what RPGs are. Um, If you say RPG, a lot of people will think of like Final Fantasy. But if you say um, D and D, they just assume that all tabletop role playing games are D and
0: D. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, hey, I'm playing D and D. That conjures an image: graph paper, pencils, dice. So lessons learned from this game, It, it doesn't have to cost a thing. You don't need maps. You don't need minis. It's okay to describe things to your players. uh, And it's okay to go in with a general idea, with a situation, with a scenario, but with no plan. And you leave yourself open as a DM to be reactive. And that's where you want to be. I mean, so many times in business and life, Brian, you hear, hey, be proactive. Don't be reactive. And as a DM, it's the exact opposite. You, you want to be reactive because then you're letting the players be proactive, and they're who you're serving when you DM a game.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned the business thing, and I, I found that being flexible is more important than basically anything else. Planning is important, but being able to change when the parameters change is I, probably the most important skill that anybody can have in business or in life.
0: Oh, yeah. It worked right now. We're we're working on a, on a program, I'm not going to say any names, of course, but um, there there's a group of people that we're dealing with, and they're great people, and they've brought great things to the program, but they're, they're in love with a certain flavor of the Agile project management methodology. And some of us are making jokes about the cult of Agile and these kind of pseudo-mystic answers they, they, they give you to questions about Agile. And it, it feels like this rote process, and to your point about being flexible, it feels like the only tool they have is a hammer. And as a DM, you can't let that happen. If the only tool that you have are the maps and the miniatures in a combat encounter, then at some point, your players are going to try to branch out and try something new, and you're not going to be able to react to it. Your player is going to say, hey, I want to try to pry these bars open with this other, you know, I'm going to summon this 10-foot pole and use it to pry the bars open. And if your reaction is, oh, let me, let me pull out a dungeon tile and see, like, No. No, be flexible. Be 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 willing to to go with the player where that player is going.
1: Yeah, hopefully in gosh, the next four or five lifetimes at least, I can be a scrum master and then ascend.
0: You know, D and D needs the equivalent um, of scrum master. A dungeon master is so similar. Scrum master, dungeon master. There's something there that I that I'm not getting. I'm I'm going to look for a joke there, Brian, and the and <laughs> at, at the intersection of. Agile project management and dungeon mastering. I'm, I'm going to I can make some jokes there in subsequent episodes.
1: I'm certain like two percent of our listeners will find that hilarious, <laughs> but that's worth it. Getting those two percent to laugh. it is hardest job.
0: Yeah, so, so summing it all up, bringing it back together. Don't be afraid to try something different. Don't be trade, uh, trade. Don't be afraid to try theater of the Mind. Don't be afraid to not have a solution. Don't be afraid to, to make something up. I love that 5th edition has this whole framework, which is if you don't know what to roll, you look at those six attributes and you figure A, and you can just roll one of those. If you don't know what skill, if, if, if you forget that it's history or knowledge history, it's okay to make it a wisdom check. I love that 5th edition, you can always fall back on the six attributes. Figure out in the system that you're playing what it is that you can fall back on. Learn that, know that, and improvise the rest.
1: Yeah. And once you became really comfortable doing that, uh, our general enjoyment of the games just skyrocketed.
0: All right. Let's call it a uh, good discussion of the prison break game. Awesome. Dusty and Brian signing off from the RFC studios. People call them postmortems, evaluations, appraisals, reviews, retrospectives. We call them lessons learned and we're sharing ours with you.